You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. Welcome back to the pod. So today I want to talk about the invisible work, the internal work that you're probably doing or you've done that does not get a lot of acknowledgement or um, gold stars or accolades. And the reason that I think it's important for us to talk about this and to acknowledge it is because we often don't even know the progress that we've made. We don't take the time um, to see it, but it's actually hard to see. It's hard to see the progress that you have made over time. This is something that comes up a lot with my clients, and that's kind of what inspired this podcast was recently I was talking to a client that I've been working with for about five months, and they were talking about how they're like, you know, I'm I'm trying to remember what it was like when I first came to you. I mean, I think it was different, but I'm not really sure. Um, certain just like looking at how they were showing up in certain relationships. And when we looked back at um what she was talking about originally when she came to me um with her check-in sheets, we do these check-in sheets, we saw that there was this enormous change and just how I mean I could see it but she couldn't see it she couldn't feel it right and that's because a lot of the work that she was doing was this invisible work it's not something that you know it's not like you know when you're running a business and you know you're making you know a hundred dollars a month and all of a sudden you're making three thousand dollars a month and it's not the work that you see that people are doing essentially on um, Instagram, when you see on social media, when people are having these big achievements, whether it's running a marathon or an achievement in their business. And so I think it's important for us to talk about this invisible work. And I have, I think it's about 13 ways to know that you have done this work and noticing the things that you, how you might be showing up in your life and how it might be different. Um, I also think that this, this list is really cool because one, it's not a, 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 com- a complete list of all of the invisible work, but what it was inspired by was the things that I've noticed that I am different in how I show up and what I talk to my clients about. When they first come to me, certain things that they're talking about is the invisible work. It's not the visible stuff because usually by the time that they're working with me, they know that this invisible work is the thing that makes the visible work work. Hopefully that makes sense. What I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people are looking for business strategy. And especially when you're running your own business, I have found that being an entrepreneur is one of the most 
challenging things that you have to kind of overcome your own shit, for lack of a better word, to get out of your own way so that you can actually do what you really want to do. And the this internal work that I have done has actually, I would say, is the thing that allows me to have those visible results. Um, and it's not like it's one and done. It's life work. So let's jump into these 13 ways that we know that we're actually doing the work. We're doing the work. And I think this is just a way for you to acknowledge yourself, to take the time to acknowledge yourself and to be like, oh, yeah, I do do that. Or, you know, oh, that's a place that I want to focus on again. Um, And this way that you can be reminded of the progress that you've had and how you show up in your life differently. Um, And then you might see some areas that you know, are so well integrated now that you operate in this way that you just, it just seems normal for you, right? So you've probably heard me say the saying before, but I often say you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And this comes down to, this is important when we have, you know, perhaps what we call is like negative ways of showing up, you can't see them, but also the positive ways. It's that once you've integrated something into your life, it's hard to see because it just seems like you're normal, right? Um, So that's why we're going to go over this. Um, So let's go ahead and jump in. So the first one is just noticing your tolerance for risk, that you probably have increased your intolerance for risk, meaning that you're more likely to leap into unknown territory, that you perhaps do this in small ways, but also large ways. And this is a way for you to look as like, what have I done recently that I've leapt into the unknown? And perhaps before you only would take action when you knew that the results were guaranteed. Um, But now your risk tolerance has increased. And this is a sign that you have done this work. Number two is less people-pleasing and more holding your own preferences, even at the cost of someone's approval, that you have the ability to hold your ideas, your thoughts, what you like at a higher regard than what someone else might want. And this might come into your actions, the ways of thinking, Um, and the things that you're just doing in your own life that, you know, you're not necessarily oriented to what other people want or what will be approved by other people, but you're more oriented to what you want, what you approve of, what you like, and you're taking action from there. The third one is a higher tolerance for being misunderstood, rejected, or criticized. That Maybe before you did some of this work, that was terrifying, the thought of being misunderstood. I know that this had been a thing for me for a really long time. It still is. But there's a higher tolerance there now, and especially for being misunderstood. And it's almost like sometimes now I welcome those types of things because I know that it doesn't really matter because if I understand where I'm coming from and I know what I'm doing, that's that's it. That's the thing that actually matters. So this 
you know, influences a lot, right? You might, when you have a higher tolerance for being misunderstood, rejected, or criticized, you're more likely to be visible, to show up in your authenticity because you're like, well, people are going to misunderstand me anyway. There are always going to be someone that's going to reject or criticize how I'm showing up when you become and you welcome that reality of things, you're more likely to show up, to speak up. And that's number four, is that you have increased your capacity for visibility, that you're more likely to be visible in situations, whether that's speaking up in a group, posting on social media, or even you know when you're having a conversation with somebody instead of shrinking, you are being visible. Um, number five is processing negativity, um, the opinions and thoughts of other people, but that you're, you have this ability to be able to process the negativity. And I want to be clear about my word choice here because it's not necessarily tolerating negativity, but it's the ability to be able to process it, to have it not be something that you internalize and you ruminate over, but the ability to be able to have this move through you and it not take up or carry this burdensome energy and then it affects your conversations, your state, and how you're showing up. Now, this is, again, for this, this is like there's spectrums here with everything. It's like you're not going to be perfect we're not looking to be perfect in any of these areas. Like if you experience something negative, like that you have this ability to be able to just immediately process it and then you're, you know, over it, quote unquote, over it. It's just that you have noticed that you process this, you process the negativity easier than you did before, that it doesn't stay with you for as long. And this is important for you to meet yourself where you're at with this because Maybe you were someone that it would last days and now you're able to, um, it takes you a half day, right? That's progress. And you know that the work that you're doing is impacting your state, is impacting your life, is impacting your relationships. So number five is having the ability to quote unquote fail without this default reaction of shame. That you are able to allow things to not work out and not feel shameful about this. This could be, you know, this could go into your business. This could go into relationships, like being able to leave a relationship. Maybe it's get a divorce or something like that, like break up with somebody and not have immediate shame over that. Maybe it's quitting a job um, and not having that be your default reaction. Now, um, maybe you're just better able to process the shame now, and that's progress. But I think that this whole idea of of failing that we automatically think that if I fail, then I should be shameful. Um, but through this lens, you're able to actually look at it through this light of, you know what, I've learned something, and that's why I don't carry the shame with it. Number seven is experiencing disappointment. And curiosity or something similar to both of these, but I'm going to use the words disappointment and curiosity at the same time. What I mean by this is like, let's say you encountered something that was extremely disappointing 
Maybe it was something that a friend did or that your partner did. And you're less likely now to shut down and just be completely disappointed and overwhelmed with disappointment. And now, because you've done this eternal work, internal work, you're more likely to also maybe feel that disappointment, but be curious about what could have happened, what could be next. Maybe you experienced disappointment because you got rejection from a job that you applied to or from a person that you asked out on a date. And you're able to allow that to be your truth. Like, hey, yeah, I'm disappointed. While also at the same time being curious about what's next and looking towards the future. And that ability to embody curiosity, I think, is a central part of this eternal work. I remember when I was speaking with my therapist and um, there was one time that we were talking about compassion and empathy and whether you're talking about it with yourself or with other people, I think that, you know, if we talk about that without talking about curiosity, we're really doing ourselves a disservice. So I think allowing ourselves to be in curiosity instead of um, judgment is a really powerful place to be because we're less likely to shut down and look at things in a very black and white way and just be like, this is the end and I'm never going to be able to do this thing again or I'm never you know, going to date anyone again or this means that this is over, right? If you look at things with curiosity, it gives you hope versus the end mentality. Number eight is skills. You've developed skills to hold your own thinking in high regard and at the same time being open to others. So this is the thing is that what I notice a lot of times when we're not, when we haven't done some of the internal work that we're not even aware that we outsource our thinking, we outsource our actions, we outsource our feelings, like we look to others um, instead of asking ourselves what is going on, what we're, what are we present to, what do I think, right? So, you know, you know that you've done this work when you hold your own thinking in high regard. And it doesn't mean that this is every single day, every single moment of every single day, but you can generally say, you know, this is something that I do. I, you know, I value what I think. And, you know, I'm open to what other people think, but it's not like I'm completely depending on them. This also goes into outsourcing responsibility, which is number nine. Um, so sometimes we will perhaps look to others for um, the way that we want to be feeling. If we look at you know, certain partnerships and things like that, you might be like, okay, well, if I'm with this person, like I expect them to be responsible for how I'm feeling, which is, you know, codependency um, in some form. And you know you've done this work when you're more interested in creating your own experience and taking responsibility for your feelings, having some self-assertion, um, and not looking to others or, again, we'll use this word of like outsourcing your responsibility for your feelings, looking for other things to make you feel certain ways. This can be people. This can be also things as well. But you have the ability 
um, to, and you have the capacity to be able to create your own experience. I mean, we all do, but you're just aware of this, right? You're aware of this pattern and that you have the power to do that. Number 10 is that you are empowered to change any habituated patterns of thinking or feeling that you're aware of. Instead of feeling like you are just destined to have these habituated patterns rule your life forever and ever, you are empowered to change them. And when you notice them, instead of them feeling like something like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this again, this is terrible and making yourself wrong and using self-development as a weapon, you feel empowered to change and you know that that's just an invitation for you to course correct. Number 11 is that you've noticed that you have more of an allowance for gray areas. And this is that unknown area, but essentially you operate outside of a context, a belief system or a way of looking at life as right or wrong, good and bad, black and white, um, and that sort of thinking, like either this either or mentality, but you have more allowance for things to be in flow, to be in this gray area, to not have to have definitive um, names or, you know, it has to either be all or nothing, but you're able to be, I remember a client put it this way, like peacefully driven. I really liked this because we're looking at this idea, especially when it comes to work, that, you know, we can be ambitious and drive and work hard, but we can also be in hold peace. And that's kind of integration. That's this idea of this gray area that both of these things can exist. Essentially, number 11 is really about holding beliefs of and and both. Like they can both and and exist. Both of these things can exist versus I can either have this or I can either have that. Meaning that if I'm not working really hard, a belief that can be common here is like if I'm not working really hard, then that means that I'm being lazy. So that leaves no room for play, fun, rest. So in that sense, then that would be that we're not allowing that gray area. So number 11, when you've noticed that you've allowed more of this, then yeah, you are doing the work. You've done the work. And it is working, and you can see that it has pro- that you've made some progress. So number twelve is this ability to be able to take responsibility without a feeling of blame, meaning that if something doesn't go well, that you can look on your side of the street and think, "How did I play a role in this? And how could I have done better without making yourself wrong?" This is huge. I think this is such an amazing skill to be able to do this. And I know I've done a lot of work around this um, and continue to, but the ability to really look on your side and, and ask yourself, look, like, what can I do differently without making yourself wrong? This also can be taken into too much of a context of like hyper responsibility, right? I mean, obviously, there's, especially in relationship, there's two different sides, but I think we can always look at our side of the street to see, you know, hey, what can I do differently here in a realistic way? Um, 
All right, number 13. This one's huge. And I think like if you are doing this, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, but is that you've actually used your past to empower you, to um, you've extracted the gold from the things that have happened in your life. Essentially, this one is learning from your past without shame that you are not only doing the past like from the past that you've had previously, but also like currently that you're creating that you're able to just move forward easily without a lot of shame. So this is all about learning from the past without shame. And when you do that, this is really the ability to be able to move forward and not get stuck in certain cycles and thinking that you can't talk about it, you can't share it with other people. And realizing that your story or the place that you have come from and the things that you've experienced are actually can be a tool to help somebody else and to perhaps help yourself to be able to move forward. This one has been huge for me because it's a big reason why I do my the work that I do. Um, and I think that sharing when people share their story that there's so much power in that because people are like oh my gosh yeah me too I feel less alone in this so I hope this incomplete list not everything is here maybe you have your own versions of these two but hopefully this list at least allows you to be with what you have achieved so far in terms of doing the work doing this invisible work and hopefully it's made some of your progress more visible And maybe it's given you some other ideas around where you want to perhaps do some more work or develop a certain skill or capacity. Um, Or maybe you forgot about something and you're like, look, this is something that I want to refocus on. Then I invite you to listen to this again and go back and maybe take some notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And again, so if you've listened recently, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and This is a part of my effort to normalize therapy, to normalize doing this work, and to also acknowledge the people that are doing this work. So I acknowledge you, I see you, and I know that you, and no, I actually want to tell you to know that you are someone that is breaking up generational trauma, whether it's within, you know, your family, the people around you. Um, but you're also inspiring healthy relationships um, with yourself, with others, and you probably don't even know the people that you're inspiring by you doing this work. So just, you know, some little, at you know, I just want to encourage you to continue and I want you to know that um, that I see you in this in this process. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at WellWolf or visiting the website at wellwolf.com. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.